Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. But it's good to be back, and we're in a series right now called Dear Christian, and uh, we're going to do this. It's something we do every week at Faith Renewed. We go to the Bible. Ain't that cool? And so uh, we believe the Word of God can change our hearts and lives. So do this. If you have a Bible, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. And uh, as you turn there, uh, just remember uh, the words will be on the screen if you don't have a Bible. And also, if you need a Bible, swing by the Connect area, which is at the back of our sanctuary. Uh, we'll have someone there who'll give you a Bible if you need one. Ask them, and they'll, they'll put that in your hands. And uh, just uh, we believe the Word of God changes you. We really do. And so if you need that, also, it's a great place to go. If you just need to talk to someone, need prayer, whatever it may be, Connect is the area to do that. You want to learn more about the church, get plugged into a ministry, that's the Connect area. So make that happen if you need that. But Romans chapter 4, if you have it, say amen. amen. Verse 1 is where we're going to begin. Uh, it says this, What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast. Or if it was him, his works, he has something to boast about. But uh, not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God believe God. What? He believed God, and uh, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Accounted means that it was put in his account. In his account, righteousness was placed in his account because of his belief system, because of what he did. And so verse 4 says, now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Verse 5 says, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. My goodness gracious. It is our belief. And again, he justifies us. He's, justification is a, it's a big word, but it's just, just as if you never sinned, justified, made new. This is huge today. What's getting ready to happen in this room? So can we pray and talk to the good God who's sitting on the throne right now and uh, thank him for his word today. Father, we thank you for your word, and we're excited today, God, to be able to open it up together and read it and learn from it, God. We pray, Lord, that this will change our hearts and lives, God. I pray, God, for a greater understanding today, Lord, of who you've made us to be, God, that we're righteous in you. And God, we thank you for that today. We just give you praise for it. And uh, God, Lord, during our this time as a country on 9-11, God, we just pray, God, you'll continue to pour your strength and blessing into our country. We need healing. We need you. Lord, we pray you'll just strengthen the families of all those who have lost loved ones at 9-11. God, continue to be peace to them today, God. And Lord, as we come, Lord, once again into your house, it's a privilege to do so. It's an honor to be here. Let us never take it lightly, God. We give you thanks for every bit of it and all that you're doing, all that you're going to do in Jesus' name. Go ahead and say it with me. Amen. 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 And um, I, I tell you, today, this is a great message. Thank you. It's a great message. I mean, now you're like, Pastor, what are you trying to say? This is a great message. Now, this is when I say great message, this is a great message for any person who's here, who's ever done anything wrong. 
So let me, let me just make it clear. This is a great message today for anyone who's ever done anything wrong. So there be, may be some of you possibly that don't need this message today. So we're going to go ahead and release you at this time. You can go ahead and beat the other churches to the, um, to the buffet and give you time to get out before things get too late. So if that's you, you're perfect. We're going to release you. But again, thank you for being here. We'll be back here again next Sunday, 9-11, uh, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Uh, but again, if you're hanging around, I think we got 100%. 100% hung out today and are here. Uh, I want you to know some things today. Uh, this is a great message for us because uh, I'm talking to myself uh, today that um, we're going to be talking about something very important today that we've got to get. We're in a series right now called Dear Christian. Uh, this is a series as, as today as if we were writing to the church, using, of course, God's word to write that letter. And uh, what would we say? What would we do? And uh, we spent uh, now three weeks. It's the fourth week on this series. And uh, I've enjoyed teaching it uh, it's already. I mean, it's just been one of my favorite series already. But uh, we looked at the very first week of this series, uh, what that word Christian is. Um, we, we found in Scripture that there's only three instances in which that's used. Uh, you can go back and uh, listen to that message. Message, and if you were not here and learn about that, it's important. Uh, but one of the things we got was that a Christian is a follower of Christ. All right, that had to be something we had to get just settled in the very beginning. What, what they did was it, Christian was not just something going around that they were just bragging about themselves. Hey, I'm a Christian. You know, I'm this or I'm that. It, it was something that they were literally doing. There was this Jesus person, this God who came down from heaven into earth and took on the form of man, who was doing this thing called changing the world through his existence, and people were following him around. And so they did this. There goes Christ. Uh, that's, that's those Christians that are following him. And so, again, today we're talking about as Christians, they, those who are following Jesus. Um, and if you're not a follower of Christ today, you know something? You can be. I love it. And it's, and it's just today something that you can do by believing and, and putting your hope and faith in something so much greater than you. And that's Jesus. And so, but a, a word that we got to get today before we can get deep into the things that we're going to learn in this scripture, the things that God's called us to do, we got to continue to learn who we are. And we got to get a better understanding of that and what he's showing us. And so today I'm going to be talking about a word that you heard a couple of times in our opening passage, and that's a word called righteousness. And uh, I love this word. I'm so thankful for this word. And it, this is a word that kind of has been around for several years, uh, kind of in our language today. Uh, uh, it, a lot of times when you hear that word, you know, in our time language, it's kind of like somebody's kind of talking about this, and they're kind of like saying, righteous, dude. You know what I'm saying, Bob? Totally. You know, it's just kind of only why when you say it like that, you got to kind of got to do your hand that way. You know, it's just kind of how that works. I don't know why, but it just does that to me. But, but it, it's, it's a word that is so important, and it, it's kind of like a slang word that got used, and, but it actually is a powerful word. Even this kind of slang meaning is kind of pretty close. It just, it means perfection. It's like that way it was totally righteous, dude. It was perfect, man. And, and, and you know, there was a band that kind of like, man, we're going to take that name, our Real Righteous Brothers. And, you know, they're not even real brothers, if you ever knew that story. They're not even real brothers, but cool name. And, uh, and I think really the church today, we're Righteous Brothers. You know, we're, we're like, we're, when we get to that, sorry. Uh, but just, you know, it, it is, is important. And so when we hear this word and we see this word, uh, this, is, this is crucial today of our understanding that um, we're acceptable to God. 
And we're in right standing with him. And so I want to give you a few things today. If you're a note taker, I encourage you to write this down. But three things today, we're looking at this word righteousness and what that means. And, and I hope we can get a better understanding of this word today through this message. And, and the first thing is this, is that righteousness must be perceived. Righteousness must be perceived. Uh, per- perception is a powerful word. It's, I heard a pastor one time say, how you perceive something determines how you receive something. Uh, how you perceive someone determines how you receive someone. And, and there's so much truth in that. If, uh, if, if you can you know, see someone and, as a spouse who loves you, is there for you, and has great things in store, you can receive them as that. If you, if you have a pastor that you perceive as a man of God, you can receive them. If you, there's just different ways, and that word's so important, our perception of something. So today I'm going to talk about just for a moment how we perceive righteousness and how we see this word and how powerful this is. And it's huge that we see and perceive how powerful this is. And first of all, we got to do how we understand perception, how we see this is first of all, understand you didn't do it. You didn't do it. This is something that Jesus does in, in, uh, and through us. This is actually, he makes us righteous, is according to what the Bible says. He makes us righteous. And so as I was looking at Scripture, it's amazing how these, these messages are building on each other. And I promise you I'm not that smart to be able to lay this out, but it's just cool what we're seeing happen is that these people who, who look at Jesus and who said, I'm going to follow Christ what Jesus does in their life. Even back then, this is what we see in the Bible. In Mark chapter 3, we see something take place. Verse 14 of Mark 3 says this. It says, Then he, talking about Jesus, he appointed 12, the disciples, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Do you hear what he's saying? And he's, this is what happens. He does this. He, he says he appointed to them. You, you know, that's not just, hey, you, go, go do that. It's, it's a little more to it than that. Because this is what the word means. It means that he makes. So it's not just he just tells you to go do something and you've got to figure out how to do it. He makes you. Literally, the Greek word means that he forms you and he fashions you and he constructs you and he makes you. And so this is what he does. Those people who are followers of Christ, who are, who are, are literally become this message that I'm speaking of, dear Christian, he makes you righteous. He does this in your life. It's the same word where you see in Scripture where Jesus does this. There's some dudes out fishing. This is the disciples he's referring to. Peter and Andrew, I believe, and they're out fishing. Jesus walks up to them, looks at them, and says, follow me. Follow me. And, and Jesus, I don't know, I think just even eye to eye, just follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What? Pastor, I thought I had to do it. I thought I had to figure this thing out, man. And I thought once I prayed that prayer, I was on my own. He says to the disciples, and he's saying it today, 
You follow me and I'll make you what you should be. And so this is this thing that he's placing inside our hearts and lives, this thing called righteousness. And so this is, is, this is something that the devil, the Satan himself, the enemy, has from day one, always in every way, tried to come against the people of God to get them to somehow not see who God made them to be. This is something that is for, it happened day one. We see it in Genesis chapter 3 in the garden. You see that Adam and Eve are there. They've been placed on the earth to have dominion over all of these things. And we see Satan slide in there. Be careful when you see something sliding towards you. Be careful. And he slides in there and he comes up and then he does this. He looks at Eve and then they have a conversation be have careful the conversations you have with Satan unless you tell him where to go and where to get. And but but she has this conversation. She entertains for just a few moments this conversation with Satan, and then she's letting him know we can't eat of that tree. And then Satan does it. He does it. He he looks at her and he says, and she says, oh, we can't eat of that fruit. And he says, oh yeah, you, you can eat of that fruit, if if you do. Your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God. Now, it's not a bad deal, being like God. Seriously, man, he's just creator, designer, he's maker. Okay, And, and taste the fruit. What happened? She missed out on something that's so vital and it's something we're missing out on today because the Bible says two chapters earlier in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created, he created him male and female. He created them. Whose image were they made in? Sitting there made in the image of God and didn't know it. Sitting there, so from the very beginning, he sits there and gets them to believe if they have something to do with this, if they can do something, then they can be like God. And they already were. So here it is with this thing's going on. And this is the same trick the enemy uses today. If, if he can get you in some way to pull back and not see who God's fashioned, formed, made, constructed, designed you to be, if he can do that and get you to stop that, he's got you. So this is what's going on, I think, today. It's not so much there is a sin issue today in the world, in the church, but there's an identity issue. There's a huge identity problem that we have here and that there's an issue that's going on and we must realize who we are. And the only way we can do this is, is to stop it the same way Jesus stopped it. Because this is what Satan did. All right, he said, okay, I, I'm gonna, I slid in here. I got man to take the bait. He saw that it worked. And in Matthew chapter 4, there was another man on the earth named Jesus. And he said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to my old thing. Listen, let me help you understand something right there. Satan will always come back to you the way he came to you the first time. 
Be careful. He'll always come back to you the same way. But this is what Jesus did. So we see Satan comes in, he tempts Jesus, and he says this, if you are the Son of God. If. If you're this or if you're that. He, he kind of got to get him to question some things. And, but Jesus knew who he was. He knew why he was here. And so Satan tried to get Jesus to bow to him. Bad idea. And so he comes to him and he tells him, it's written. He puts him in his place and it says that Satan leaves him and he has to flee. And this is the same thing that's going on today. That if we can ever get the revelation of who we are in Christ, you'll quit bowing to the enemy and he'll have to bow to you one day. And you'll see how this works in this thing. And so we see what's happening here. And you must do this. You must perceive it. But you're saying something in your mind right now, some of the same things I've said this week. I ain't righteous. How am I, how am I righteous? Or what, what, what's going on? Perceive that today. And understand the second principle is this. Number two is that righteousness is provided. Or it's provided for you. Now, again, this is not something that you've done. This is something that he's done. And so uh, Romans chapter 5. So I want you just to flip the page if, if that's what it takes for you to get to Romans 5. And I want you to read a few verses in this chapter. Verse 19 says this. It says, For as by one man's disobedience, just heard the story, Adam and Eve in the garden, but the mankind, just, just by that one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in, oh, no, verse 19, go down. Disobedience, uh, for by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now this is, this is huge what he's provided for us and what this does in our life. The message version of that verse 20 says it this way. All that, all that passing law against sin did was produce more lawbreakers. All of this, this trying to do something on our own strength. All of this of trying to live up to some standard by myself. All that did was this. It produced some more lawbreakers. It made more people realize, which again, it was some, there's a reason for it, that they can't do it. This produced more lawbreakers. But sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. Man, I love that. I love that paraphrase, that scripture. With the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. When it's sin versus grace, grace wins, hands down. I mean, think about it. I mean, in this corner, weighing in. I mean, every time their verse, every time this is going on, there is this thing called grace that wins out for us. But what happens is this. We don't identify with this. We don't understand the importance of how valuable this is and who he's made us. And, and as we get into, man, what God's called us to do, you'll never do what he's called you to do until you know who he's made you to be. You'll never get it. You'll never know. And so you must see this as what's going on. And there's something that's happening in our nation right now. It's been happening since day one. 
but it's happening. There's something, there's a movement that's taking place in our country, and there's things that are going on. And, and I'll just uh, tell you, man, this is, Holy Spirit's really just kind of pushing this on my heart lately and been praying about this area and, and been thinking about this. And I really feel like I needed to talk about this in this series and deal with this here in just a, in a loving way. And I asked my wife, because sometimes I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to talk about this. Is this okay? You know, she's kind of, Keeps me in line sometime, you know, and she was like, yeah, you, you need to, if that's what the Lord's put on your heart. And so uh, one of the things is really, we're seeing an epidemic, and there's a lot of things happening right now in our country, and I, I believe the church has it handled really well, and uh, anybody connected with the body of Christ who's dealt with this area, it's usually been dealt with a lot of judgment, a lot of harshness instead of love. And uh, there's, there's this epidemic right now, and the transgender identity issue that's going on right now in America is really huge. And uh, there's a lot taking place there. And so uh, I, I want to be make sure I'm sensitive in what I'm saying. And all I'm saying is out, out of love. But there's this issue that's taking place. And we've got to understand something. Th- this is not about bathroom issues. I mean, this is, that's just some things. That's some underlying things that were happening because of it. But, but this issue is far greater than that. And, and, and what I'm seeing is this is the way that Satan is coming in. And he's in the same way he slid in the garden, the same way he's tried to slide in with Jesus is the way he's sliding in right now. And he's doing something and he's trying to mess with the identity of people that God's created and who God's made them to be. This is huge of what's going on. And so when I looked up the word, I kept hearing that word in my spirit as I was studying this message. And I looked up the word itself and I just read the word, the definition that it said, and it used this word self-identify. And I just said, and it all started clicking, what's going on? And and what's going on in in that movement is basically how you feel that day is the gender that you identify with. Again, I said I'm sensitive to love, and that's just something the church got to do to show Jesus is the answer to all things. All things. It's his love. But they're convincing our, our young people, they're convincing our, our world, and they're trying to get everyone to just accept and believe that we can just get up any day we want to and do whatever we want to do and believe however we want to believe and then whatever we identify with. And it's the same thing happening in the spirit. And what we have today is a trans-spiritual identity issue. And what's going on is this, they get up and we're able to say this because if I do enough good things today, I can identify with this being a Christian. Or if I've messed up or if I've done this, I've got to identify over here spiritually. Instead of us being who God has made us to be, who he's created and designed us to be. And I don't get up and ask myself who I am. I get up and listen to who he said I am. And he's made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so he's made us this way. He's done this in our life. This is so beautiful that he's made us this way. He provided it. He provided the righteousness. It was him. He provided it. And I'm like, what? And he, and he does this. He puts it in our account. He made it available. And the third thing is he does is this. This righteousness, this is based off of a position, not performance. So understand this, that your righteousness in God, in Christ Jesus, is not based off your performances. And that's not how this works. And so understand something for just a moment. Let's get ready to mess with you. 
You're saying, man, I've been hearing this word. What does it mean, dude? What's this righteousness thing about? It gives me and you the right to stand before a holy God. I'm going to be honest. I don't feel like I have the right just to stand before you. I can go in and stand before God? Are you kidding me? Wait a minute. That, that God is on this throne. That God, this earth is his footstool. This God speaks. This God set the heavens. I could. You telling me I could go stand before Him? I just love Jesus. Just love what He does. He always raises the bar every time. I'm telling you. You talking about glory to glory? There's so many levels of glory in God that you we even begin to step into yet. The things that God has, and this is one of the things I see here. He makes us righteous, and we do this. We're able to come in, and we're able to stand before this God. And you know, you're sitting there going, I did it. I, I thought about it. I did it. Oh, God, I didn't. No, I didn't do that. I should have done that. I, and look what happens. Look what Jesus does. Look what God does. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raised us up together. And made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So he, he, he just raised, he just keeps on and on giving. And so he does this. Not only are you going to be allowed to come and stand before me. Come here, son. Grab a seat. And God is pretty good up here. What we're doing is this so many times. We're looking at our situation from down there. When you sit up here, you're like, oh, wait a minute. That is going to work out. Oh, I see the end now. This is pretty cool. But my performance, now hold on. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Y'all come to this church? Y'all here going to hear some stuff about performance. Because this Bible talks a lot about how we perform. whole lot about it. 
It, it says a lot about it. And so I got to say a whole lot about it. And we got we to preach about it. And we got to teach about it. And we got to look at it. But what we've done is this. We've allowed our performance to affect our position instead of our position to affect our performance. And, and we, we've done it so many times. If I do something this way or that way or that good, maybe then he'll let me in. And, and you, when you realize, wait a minute. What? That addiction is just trying to... That sin, I don't have to bow to... And, and, and we do so many times, so many ways. We try to do it on our own strength, and, and we try to make it happen, and, and we try to work it out, and, and we try to. And, 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 and this is the thing, and again, the Bible says something about our righteousness. Now, this is ours, not his. Our righteousness, Isaiah 64, 6, it says that... Um, our righteousness are like filthy rags. Now, if you study that, that's, that's ugly. Um, but our righteousness is like filthy rags. Our, our attempt, our, our attempt at perfection, our, our try to do something. And in Romans 10, 3, later on in Romans, if you read this out, you'll see where there's a script, scripture. He says, verse 3, that for they being ignorant of God's righteousness... So we got to know and understand they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. And what we do is so many times what what I do and uh, it's 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 amazing. I. Mike says something about this on Wednesday. Pastor Chris telling me he says something about this, I think, last Sunday. But we were talking about the word called sin that we see in Scripture. And, and the word sin means that we miss the mark. All right, that's, that's what it means. And so I've been getting ready for something coming up uh, real soon. And um, I've been uh, doing some practicing. If you don't know what this is, uh, this is my, um, basically this is my target that I use uh, for uh, my perfecting of my skills in the area of shooting of a bow and arrow. Okay, in case you were wondering, this is what I've been, uh, this is how I practice and how I work. And so you can actually look at this. It's fairly new, so there are only a few places in it. And if you look at it real close, it'll be hard to see from where you're at. But what my goal is, and this is what I do when I point at the target every time I'm pointing at the bullseye. I, I think we should, that's a great way to live. I just really do. I think it's a great way to live. Every time I pull it back, every time I'm sighted in, God, was, I'm supposed to do something. I'm, I'm going, I feel like he's calling me here. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going towards that. That's the direction God's sending me. But you know what happens a lot of times when I'm looking at and when I let go of that release of that arrow? If you notice, there's not any dead center <laughs> on his target. Zero. Um, uh, it's because I'm working on it. But, but I, I think what we do so many times is, is, is we do this, one or the other. At least say the target, I'm good. 
They can't even hit a target. They didn't hit a target. They, they didn't hit it, and so at least I hit it. Or we do this. Man, you mean I've shot this arrow all these times too and hit it? I quit. I'm wasting my time, man. I can't, I can't do this Christian thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not able to, and, and I'm not able to make it on my own. And, and, and what we do is so many times our feeble attempt at perfection. As we point it and release it, we fail over and over and over. Or if we do it, we look at it and we say, well, man, I, yeah, I hit it. I'm pretty close with that one. And, and just for the record, 30 yards. <laughs> 30 yards. We see that and we do that. And we think about that. But on my own, if in my righteousness I was even able to hit it every time, my righteousness is as filthy rags. And God's only standard is perfection. And so we look and we see what has happened here in, in, in our life and in every situation that we look at so many times and, and, and you've failed and I've failed and we've seen this and we try over and over and over and what we do is we keep seeing it and we keep trying it and we keep working on it or we say I'm going to get better and what happens was when I tried and I was shooting my boat I was shooting over here but I was aiming here somebody told me this is all new to me I need to make some adjustments on my sight so I do this I try to adjust me I try to adjust my, my, I try to do a little better. But you know something? I still keep missing the mark. You know why? Because in my account, in, in, in my account, on my own, Every time I swipe the card, debit card, machine, it's sin. My righteousness. Now, talk to the parents for just a moment. There are any parents in here who have kids who think that little card that is connected to your bank account has an everlasting, never-ending supply. <laughs> and so they ask for something. They're like, hey, Mama, Daddy, can, I, can you give me some money? And then you, they come up and you say, I ain't got an old minute. Well, let me have your card. <laughs> and, and then they don't, because they don't understand how this works. And this is what childlike faith really is and how it's really cool, because they don't understand this. They think they can just go up and swipe it. This is awesome. Righteous, dude. I just have to get all this stuff. And I just, just, just this card. Come on over here. I'm going to buy your lunch. I heard they having a parent tell me this. Their, their kid found out this thing worked and said, bought everybody at their table lunch. And it was like, they had explained to them. It's not really in, that ain't how it works. 
But it is amazing what God does. It's amazing. Because all of our feeble attempts and every time we swipe the card and every time we go to the, the register and every time we try to pay our own, every time we try to do it, we fail miserably. But there is something that covers our feeble attempt at perfection. There's something that came in and helped us and it's something that I'm so thankful for today. And it's called the grace of a loving God. And he says this. It's amazing. Every time God looks at me, he sees grace. He sees Jesus. What if we could Start seeing ourselves like that. And I know it freaks some people out. I've heard some people say, man, you guys start preaching grace. You start doing these things. What do people do this and that? You don't really understand. Because, again, our position shapes the performance. Not the performance sets me in my position. I, I, I love all my kids. They're amazing. And if, if, the, if you've heard the story of our youngest, he was adopted in our family. And, and, uh, and so it, it was so cool. I love what happened on adoption day. We go in before the judge and everything gets settled and sealed that day. We have a lot of adoption stories in here and it's awesome. Man, I love them. Man, I love them. And they're so cool because of that story, what happens there. And that, that, that judge who sat on the throne, he said this. He hit the gavel down. And he said, I grant you every right as son. And he looked at me and Andrew and said, I grant you every right as parent. And it was immediately, he became a Rogers. I remind him every now and then, like I remind my other kids, you're Rogers. This is how we roll. This is how we do it. This is how Rogers do it. And this is how, how this works. And, and I love it. It just kind of carried right over in his mind, his, his 11-year-old mind. He, he's in the youth group now, and he, he came yesterday, and he helped serve and adopt a highway. And, and we were on our way here, and uh, we, were, um, uh, we were, were driving. He said, Daddy, what are we doing? And I said, man, we're going to go. We've adopted a highway. So I start. And I love it. He said it. It just made perfect sense to him. He said, is it a Rogers? Let <laughs> me help you understand here kind of what. And I kind of explained it to him. And it just, it just clicked for him. But how beautiful would it be that when we receive and trust in what Jesus did. We say this now. The moment. You know, we have someone gave their life to Christ this morning in our first service. And you know what happened? Immediately. Unrighteous. Righteousness of God. But pastor, they need to go. They need to learn this. And they got to learn the five laws. All the... No, they don't. 
Some of us have been in this thing a long time. We're still struggling with them. <laughs> Immediately went into this thing called righteousness. I want you to stand. As you stand, the worship team is going to come. And I, uh, I, I want to share one last verse. So please try to tune in. Look to the screen since you may not have your Bible still open. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says this. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know what he did? Took all the sin past, present, and future out of my account and put righteousness on my card. And unlike us who don't own everything and like our kids think we do sometimes, he actually does. And anytime we need it, we can come up and we can swipe the card and he's there. I want you, if you would, to just bow your heads for a moment. And man, I tell you, I, I'm just so thankful that He covered our sin, our attempt, with His grace. And you know what's available to you right now? If, if this series is not currently addressed to you, dear Christian, it can be. It can be. You can walk out of unrighteous into the righteousness of God, be made new in Him because of what Jesus did on the cross. The one who knew no sin became it so that we may become the righteousness of God. So Father, I just thank you right now for each person who's in this room who may be listening live stream or a podcast months down the road, years down the road, whatever it may be, that your Spirit's drawing them even now, God. Using your Word to change us and shape us right now. God, just make us today who, you sh- who you've called us and created us to be. Father, I thank you for your grace and your love. Thank you for taking my failures and my feeble attempts and covering them with your grace, Lord. So thankful for today. If today, if that's you, that if you're not a Christian and, and you've heard this message, you're like, man, I, I always thought I had to do, you know what you have to do? You have to do what Abraham did, believe. If you go on and you study Romans, you'll find out as you study Romans that, that what happened to Abraham, that he became this, this righteous person before he ever did a righteous thing. There's a thing that talks about the circumcision, the uncircumcision. There's a lot of detail. It's, it's a lot of talk there. But basically what he's saying is this. Before he ever tried or before he ever became religious, before he ever became a part of anything, in, in all before all those things, he believed. God made him righteous because he believed. He had faith. I want you to understand today whether you've, you've miserably missed the whole target, maybe every now and then you've hit it, 
maybe every now and then, even on your own strength, you've, you've hit close to where you've tried to aim. It's only through the blood of Jesus that we go to heaven. It's only by His grace that covers our feeble attempt. That's the only way that you believe and you receive and you must put your faith in that today and trust in that. 